Will you please join me in the prayer for illumination? Let us pray. Holy God, give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and courage to follow you. Pour out your spirit in this place that we may see more hope, more peace, more joy, and more love. Amen. The scripture for today is taken to us from the first chapter of Luke, beginning with verse 26 as follows. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. She wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen, since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's Son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman, who was labeled unable to conceive, is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're in the second week of Advent, looking at the messages that angels give in the midst of the nativity story. Last week, we looked at uh, Zechariah, who is a priest, hearing from the angel Gabriel that he and his wife Elizabeth would be bearing a son. Now, the noteworthy part of that story, if you missed last Sunday, was that Elizabeth and Zechariah had just returned from an AARP meeting. <laughs> they were advanced in age. The idea of them carrying a child uh, was as amazing and miraculous um, as you could get in those days. When we turn towards Mary's story, there's something of the opposite of the spectrum, if you will. Mary and Joseph had been betrothed and engaged. And remember that that story is less about Romeo and Juliet, where um, Joseph and Mary find each other and confess their love to each other and uh, ask for their parents to give their blessing. And it was more of an economic arrangement where um, a betrothal had been agreed upon, and here the wedding was to happen. And as they have fallen in love with each other, 
probably the worst news that could come about for Mary and Joseph was that Mary was pregnant. Now I wonder, just here among us, when you go shopping for Christmas gifts, are you ever surprised by how many days are left until Christmas? Some of you know how many shopping days there are left until Christmas. You are aware of it, you are counting it, you are planning, you have most of your gifts done. There's a group of us <clears throat> who are just annoyed that the preacher brought up the topic. Psychologists would say this is a version of denial, that though Christmas happens every year, and we have had family and friends for most of our lives, that we have not done any shopping towards presents for those whom we love might be referred to as denial. Now, I was reading a study that said that 18% of folk, they didn't give the gender, but I'm guessing it was skewed, 18% of folk run out of time shopping for gifts. So for those of you who are not engineers, if I have this many people, this person's in trouble, right? 20%, I really, I liked that one, but okay. Now think about this, think about the power of denial, right? Every time you walk into a store these days, what are they playing? Christmas songs, right? What do you see on um, TV and the commercials? The huge bow on top of the new car, right? I mean, it's not like no one's reminding us that something's coming. Denial is powerful, right? I got a kick out of Dave Ramsey when he was talking about how to do financial peace. He uh, talked about how credit cards should only be used for emergencies. And emergencies are things that you didn't plan for, that you didn't know about, that were essential to your family and were important for life. And what do we usually do these days in January? We pay off the credit card bill that was used for Christmas gifts, right? Well, wait, wait, was Christmas a surprise? Did you not know it was coming? Is it critical for life? <laughs> Do you essentially need those things? Okay, laughter is really helpful here. Denial is powerful. It's easy uh, to not want to face the truth that's in front of us. And so I gotta be honest, as I was reading the story about Mary, I thought surely Mary's gonna have some denial. I mean, this is shocking news. It, scripture talks about how um, Joseph had chosen just to quietly dismiss uh, Mary, uh, that he loved her deeply, but that this was a horribly embarrassing moment for the both of them. I find it interesting that for Joseph, it will be a quiet dismissal, but for Mary, it will be a humiliating experience that will follow her the rest of her life. We're not talking about simple, easy little bits here. We're talking about um, a relational and social explosion that's about to happen in a small town in the backwater of Israel. And so as you watch and hear as the angel speaks to Mary, Mary's first question is, how can this be with me? Which I would like to translate into, why me? I don't know about you, do you ever get you know, these um, messages, these, um, this realization? Last week we talked about how uh, Zechariah was having one of those defining moments that he knew that everything that followed after the angel Gabriel said those words meant that everything would be different for him. 
that his life would change. Mary's having that same experience. Now, Zechariah said to the angel Gabriel, says, how can this be? I'm old. You remember what the angel Gabriel said? The angel Gabriel said, I'm Gabriel. That's how it can happen, right? That with God, nothing is impossible. So Mary says, why me? Why? How can this be? And so the angel says, here's how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and that you're going to carry God's son and that um, your son will be named Jesus, Emmanuel. He will inherit the throne of his father's kingdom, King David, and that he will, his kingdom will have no end. Now here's the interesting part. Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be as you have said. Whoa, we went from denial to acceptance. We went from, oh my goodness, the world is going to change in a defining way for me for the rest of my life. And Mary goes to that place of pondering and obedience and peace. How does peace happen in one's life when it's been turned upside down like that? You know, um, I find it interesting that uh, the angel says to Mary, you are favored, that, that God is blessing you, that you, God is honoring you with this. Now, there's an interesting little uh, upside down trick here. Whoa, 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 so blowing up my engagement is being favored? Carrying uh, the child of God who will be executed is uh, being honored? What's beautiful in the midst of Mary's faith life is that Mary can trust God, can trust God to change her life in one blink of an eye. But Mary can be faithful in trusting God that God will provide, that God will be there, that God will take care of her. What a powerful message from an angel. I don't know about you, but uh, oftentimes when difficult things happen, when the doctor says we think it's cancer, when, um, you know, when the spouse says, I can't do this anymore, um, when you get the phone call that the mom has passed away, all of these things make us um, terrified and in denial about what the future might hold. And it's easy for us in those moments of pain and uncomfort to limit the ability of God to do anything in the moment. But Mary shows us that nothing is impossible with God. That in the midst of her life, in the midst of this conversation with an angel, and remember Mary most likely was about 14 years old, if that. Um, she was... Um, you know, she was kind of at the whim uh, of the village. She had been raised well and she loved Joseph deeply. But this is an earthquake in the midst of her lives, life that an angel would show up. And so in the midst of that earthquake that shows up, um, Mary falls back on things about obedience and call, things like purpose and finds peace. What I've noticed in reading our messages from angels over the course of this series is that every angel annunciation communicates from God to the person something about identity. 
I mean, when the angel shows up uh, in your um, living room and says something directly to you, for Elizabeth, it was that she was blessed. For Mary, it was that she would find favor with God. You see, every angel message is a chance for us to find identity, to learn more clarity around purpose. You know, over 20 years of ministry, I have found myself and even been sensitive to search out opportunities where I could hear somebody say, I think God's calling me to ministry. The, the terror and panic on their face is delightful because they've had one of those moments somewhere the angel, somewhere God has communicated them either through a spiritual mentor uh, or, or through reading scripture or just being in the community of worship. And they have received information that will change the rest of their lives. It'd be easy for them to be in denial. Uh, I had uh, one person who ran from their call for uh, easily 25 years. It showed up mid-career in my office um, and said, I think I'm supposed to be a pastor. And I said, why? Um, she said, because nothing else is working. <laughs> uh, and I've known since a long time ago. And apparently running from God doesn't work. Every experience of God gives a message of identity to us. And that identification, that realization, it doesn't have to be a call to full-time ministry. It could just be a clarity of purpose around what God has gifted you for today, for this moment. And we can play the game of why me, but how much more enjoyable is it to trust in God to provide so that our response over time is not why me, but it becomes let it be as you've described. I find it interesting when we look at scripture, uh, we read the rest of the passage, that what does Mary do after saying, let it be with me just as you've said? She gets up and she hurries out of the city into the Judean highlands. Now I'm not really good with biblical geography, but I'm just guessing. Highlands means up. Judean means out. And so Mary, the um, newly pregnant woman, heads off into the mountains to see Elizabeth, her relative. Same Elizabeth that we talked about last night. Or, sorry, Sunday. Last Sunday. Feels like last night. Last Sunday. <laughs> Snow does funny things to you. And when, so, so a little humor here, um, one time when I was planning out a, a route to go to Houston to a, um, a Methodist connection meeting that I had to show up to, um, I plugged in the address, I pressed the button, Google told me it would take me about 18 hours to get to Midtown Houston on Main Street. I thought, well, wow, traffic's gonna be bad. <laughs> Until I notice when you look up on the, you know, Google lets you select mediums of travel and one of them is mass transit, which thankfully in Houston we don't have to worry about because it doesn't exist. Um, and then you could also uh, drive, that was the one I'd missed, and you could walk. Apparently I put in I was going to walk to Midtown. I was much more um, refreshed when I went ahead and flipped it to driving and therefore it was only going to take about 45 minutes with traffic. It's interesting. What does Mary do? Mary walks to find Elizabeth. Why Elizabeth? Because six months ago, Elizabeth had an encounter with Gabriel. 
That when uh, Mary walks into the room, Elizabeth says that the baby inside her belly jumps for joy. I mean, who do you need when you're trying to discern out what does this event mean? What is God saying to me? What you need is somebody to surround you to say, yeah, Gabriel showed up while you're doing your chores, huh? (laughs) Yeah, he did. You know, had all the lights in the show. Yeah, he did. Told you God was going to do something with you. Oh, yeah, sure did. Were you kind of scared? Yeah. Do you kind of figure it out now? Yeah. You know, the beauty of community, the beauty of having church is that when something dynamic happens in our life, chances are there's somebody in the room who knows what it was like to learn that piece of identity, to have that experience of God, to hear that news that upset the apple cart and changed the rest of your life forever. It's why Mary went to find Elizabeth. It's why you and I hopefully come to church. It's a powerful experience. You see, it's not only winged angels who speak messages from God, but Elizabeth spoke a message to Mary in our scripture today. Remember that angelic messengers don't have to have wings. They could be you or me throughout our lives. There's an interesting trend going on. A study shows that as people mature in the faith, there's a chance when they're very mature that they will leave the church. They get tired of, the co- of deciding what the color of the carpet's going to be and, and uh, whether you're going to turn a pledge card in and, and what's the preacher going to do today. They just get tired of all the stuff. And they think, you know, I'm just going to go away. I'm not going to use church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect with God on my own. I don't need other people. They, they call them the duns. D-O-N-E-S. But here's the strange thing. When duns walk away, they lose the opportunity to hear messages from God that might be mediated through other people. And here's the even more challenging and traumatic thing, is when duns walk away, you and I lose the opportunity to hear messages that God might speak through them. The power of denial The ability to trust. The moment to hear more about who we are and where we're called. Purpose brings peace. I know we really want the lottery to bring peace, or we really want, you know, the the windfall to bring peace, or we really want some magical thing to happen that God would take care of all of our problems, and then peace would come. But peace comes with purpose. So friends, may you be keenly aware this week, those who come into your circle of influence that might need to hear a word from your experience, or if you're also looking for some answers, never be uh, surprised when you entertain angels unawares who might not only bring purpose, but peace to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.